Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You're listening to Nick Gish. You got your boys, Mo and Faiz. It is December 10th, 2023, uh, closing in on the holiday season. So lots going on in the NBA and the Knicks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, NickishNYC. And check out our website, nick-ish.com. We got new gear and new colorways for you guys to cop today to wear to your next Knicks game. Uh, We got a bunch of promo codes for you uh, to get an additional 10% off. And just keep an eye out for some additional holiday sales that we'll have coming your way. Uh, bringing my guy Faiz, what is going on, man? How you doing today? Uh, you know, mood falls with the the tides of the Knicks, and the last two games have been real tough as a Knicks fan. Uh, we know that the the team has been struggling against you know some of these top teams, but seeing them lose back to back with the with the conclusion of the in season tournament has been has been beyond frustrating, especially to two teams that they they want to have a fighting chance against but don't seem to have even a puncher's chance against all season so far so it's been a frustrating time as a Knicks fan but we move we continue we we live yeah i mean clearly we could we could kill like the other uh lower ranked teams like detroit and charlotte but you kind of hope with these games when you're facing off against the top teams in the east that you could at least look competitive um Milwaukee maybe half the game we looked that way Boston hardly at all um and it's disappointing like you said you need to at least show some some competitive spirit if you want to be considered a tier two kind of team that has potential to be a tier one given the right move or given the right development then you get you have to show out and it's disappointing to see a team that's coached by Tom Thibodeau not step up on the defensive side. That's kind of that's kind of the bread and butter, right? I mean, the, the Knicks are top five in the NBA in, opponent, in opponents' points per game um, and net overall net rating. So you, you got to step up. And maybe it was a Milwaukee game that kind of messed them up for this game against Boston, but it wasn't like it was Tatum and Brown that was doing all the damage. It was, what, the fourth and fifth best players in and Derek White and Chris Stops doing majority of the damage. It's it's just not a good look, and it exposes the Knicks for their vulnerabilities in size, something that we all kind of knew coming in when you don't have a backup four, when you trade Obi Toppin and you say Josh Hart is a backup four. Like, these are the kind of situations that will happen, and um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into it. It's It's just not a good look, and... The feeling and the mentality that you have as a Knicks fan is, like you said, it's ebbs and flows, but it depends on how the Knicks are performing. Yeah, I mean, it's borderline demoralizing to see, like, the Knicks, like, let two teams put up 133 and 146, and all you have to answer is that 122, 123. I mean, uh, generally, that's not a bad offense. Like, I'll say, like, Parts of the Knicks offense, I'm impressed. Like, like you said, that first half of the Bucks game, even like uh, a lot of the, the 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 first quarter of the Knicks game, I was uh, the Celtics game, I was like, yo, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks seem like they they know what they're doing. Like, it might not be beautiful, and it might not be exactly how I want it, but they're still fighting. They're still in these games. But um, if you're not able to string a complete game against these teams, like it's it's 
it's frustrating. And, you know, it, it also sucks being in this position because Knicks fans were excited to be a part of this first in-season tournament, you know, even just making it in through the skin of their teeth, being in a, in a stacked a group with the Heat and the Bucks, you know, all of us being tied and whatnot, except for the Bucks. I think the Heat and the Knicks were tied. But uh having to play the Celtics and the and the Bucks one extra time this year each, that's that's frustrating. That's real frustrating, especially when you're having a tough time against these teams. And you know, I don't I don't fault the in-season tournament for that. I mean, I think the Knicks should rise to the occasion when you have the opportunity to approve yourself against against these top teams in the East, but they've uh, they haven't, you know, risen to the occasion. Uh, I will say it is frustrating to see that the Knicks lose. I I seen it on Twitter. They they lose uh, a home game this season because of this in season tournament stuff. So I hope the NBA going forward can can fix that because I don't think we should be punished uh, for making the in season tournament mm-hmm. by not by missing a home home game. You know, there's a reason that these are split. Uh, you know, half the season at home games, half the season away games. It's you know, there's advantage to these things. So, uh, that part of it's frustrating. Obviously, it's just uh, uh the figuring it out as it goes along. This is the first in season tournament, which I thought in general was a success. But, um, yeah, I it's frustrating frustrating as a Knicks fan, especially to see a team like the Pacers who have Obi Toppin and like a cast of misfits to be honest. Like the rest of the roster is not some crazy. You know, like they have a young guy in Benedict Matherin. Tyrese is obviously a generational player that the Knicks could have had. You know, I know that everyone's keying in on this, but it's frustrating to see a guy do play the way he has when the Knicks were all over him. Like they should have been all over him. But uh, like when you see a team like the Pacers doing it in the regular season and part of this in-season tournament, it's frustrating to see what the Knicks have and think like, why can't we have that? Like, why couldn't we have that? Yeah. And I mean, the Pacers aren't really known for their, top-notch level defense but they were able to make it work the knicks on the other hand outside of mitchell robinson they don't really have high level defensive players who are in the starting lineup we'll put it that way i mean grimes was solid last night against boston and other other than him i mean randall can't hold his own at times brunson isn't known to be the defensive guy but at least on offense if you're if you're going against players who are high level and offense you got to kind of try to match the firepower and I, I know you said that they're pretty good offensively i mean it maybe maybe other people's words are taking into some effect in different ways randall got eastern conference player of the year and has been playing like shit um brunson ooh, this might be a little controversial but brunson we saw and on, on nba tnt or NBA on TNT, Kenny basically call him to be the second best player in any given game, which obviously we're going to disagree with, but it still doesn't justify why Brunson had to shoot 0 for 10 from the three against Boston and Milwaukee in back-to-back games. He didn't make a single three. He was 0 for 5 in each game. Why is Brunson not landing his threes? Why does he have to be 0 for 10? We saw Randall with his turnovers. I mean, I, I counted it. He, out of 21 games, Randall has four or more turnovers in eight of those games. That's over a third of those games where he has had more than four turnovers. If you want to start counting three turnovers plus, you're probably going to get into half, half the games. He he is a turnover machine. We saw Thibodeau being a classic anti Knicks kind of head coach in Boston when he wasn't making the right sort of adjustments and substitutions. It just, it was just a terrible game in that third quarter. And we got, got lit up. Um, I'm not saying I'm not going to have any caveats thrown like, oh, you know, this or that. But we have to we have to make 
efforts and against these teams. We have to make a statement. And it looked like at certain points during the season that we were doing that because we made it into the in-season tournament and we're all happy about that. And I wasn't, I wasn't particularly upset that we're, we're facing out, we're playing an extra game. I think that's just kind of part of it. Um, hopefully, like you said, it's lessons learned from the NBA. They're not going to do that for next year and years ahead, but you kind of need to keep the aggression and you got to keep the momentum. You got to keep the competition high against any team you play. And especially if it's a team that's known to be better than you, the Knicks didn't do that. They didn't step up. Their their lead guys didn't step up. Randall had a decent game against Milwaukee with 41 points, but he he was trash against Boston. Jalen Brunson should have done much better. RJ was pretty good overall. I don't I don't know. I, I don't think the team that we have right now is ready to take that next step. We're there. I'm not I'm not gonna be entirely negative and say that we're not making headway. We have certainly made headway when you look at the big picture. But if we're talking about get being a better team than last year there's got to be even more moves made. And we did see, we did see um, tips try to do that when he made that last minute switch there at, at the three, when he switched out Quentin Grimes and Dante DiVincenzo. How did you feel when he saw the announcement made for that? Um, I mean, we got to talk about it a little bit offline. And um, I remember we, you and I were both agreeing that we don't think that the, they should have made a, a a change in in the starting lineup. We were saying that we we think Quinn Grimes could have uh, continued to make make those minutes, but um, I didn't really, I, in my opinion, I I wasn't really upset by it. Like I get, I guess I I get it because it made sense to make that adjustment right there. Cause the Knicks struggled against the Bucks tremendously and Quentin Grimes did not play well against the Bucks. I think he, he had zero points and he only took one shot, which uh, you want to see more from that. Like, you know, just one shot isn't enough. And you know, the comments that he's making and stuff, like it's frustrating overall. So I, I, I the, the move made sense at the time, but I don't really think it makes that huge of a difference between DiVincenzo and Grimes. Cause they kind of do, the same thing where they're expected to shoot a lot of threes and make some in-between plays. Uh, it's just DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo uh, obviously has a higher floor where Quentin Grimes might have a higher ceiling. We know what DiVincenzo can do, and he might not be able to do a lot more than that, but Grimes, we're expecting him to grow and get better into it. So I don't think it's like end-of-the-world type shit. I mean, at the end of the day, they both still played like 22 and 19 minutes. Like, that's not a huge par- uh, disparity or anything. So... I'm not completely uh, blown away, uh, away by it or anything, but I think uh, it made sense in terms of we had to try something at this point. Like we just like I don't think I don't think I want to see it as like a long term change, but like in terms of we just played the Bucks, one of the the team, the premier teams in the East that we had a trouble we had trouble with, and we've been having trouble with through the season. What are we gonna do against another one of these teams? Should we try to change it up? And we tried, and the result wasn't that much different. So I'm not really like. I don't think this is like a big move. I don't think this is going to change much, but they're shooters. You know, on certain nights, you're going to see DiVincenzo is going to play better than Grimes and Grimes is going to play better than DiVincenzo. I guess it's just on tips to decide who to run with through the game and at the end of the game. I'm more concerned about that than I am about who's starting. I'm more concerned about how many minutes these guys are playing. Are they ending the game? Are they, you know, who, how are they doing defensively? I think starters are a little bit arbitrary. Like this isn't Alfred Payton versus Derrick Rose. You know, this is... Quinn Grimes and 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 uh, DiVincenzo, two very similar players at just two different timelines in their career. Yeah, they're both ba- basically going to play the same role t- and divide exactly. it in half. They're they're playing that wing position. They're gonna need to shoot the three. They gotta guard up. That's really that's really all there is to it. And you you take the player that's performing better in that game. 
it's it's not that big a deal. And we saw, you know, we thought maybe it could shake Grimes's confidence a bit if he's taken out of the starting lineup. That was one of my points. I, I wasn't sure if he should have been taken out of the starting lineup, but it looks like he he played better against Boston than he did in, against Milwaukee, you know, 13 points. And he looked like he was shooting kind of like how he was shooting earlier in the season um, when he was playing much better. And, you know, maybe it could work out better. I mean, these guys are competitors. They are athletes. They 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 sometimes need these things to to step up. Um, I don't know if Grimes was that kind of guy, but hopefully that that switch will will pay dividends. And we've always heard from Tibbs that he's a big advocate for Quinn Grimes. He's always talking highly of, highly of him. He's not critical, so that that could work out. It's a coaching thing. Grimes was very vocal about his frustrations, and you know, it is it is what it is. I, I mean, now's the time that we should really take stock in what this team is. It we're twenty one games into the season about a fourth way through a quarter way through um and the rumors are starting to come out about what the knicks are looking for what they might be trading for who might be available this and that and we we probably should be paying more attention to it i mean there there are and shout out to these guys who are able to do it they're they're able to make a podcast every time there's a new rumor that drops and they're able to talk ad ends about it uh nickish is a little different we we want to talk about it once a week and and let it be because we we got to think of our mental psyche when when it comes to it. But these these rumors that are coming out is, you know, two days ago, Fred Cast from the Athletic dropped that um, the Knicks are exploring trade options and they might be looking to potentially create a package with Evan Fournier and and or Emmanuel Quickly and uh, Quinn Grimes, and we saw a list of players that could be options. Um, based off that salary output. So some names that, you know, we call out are, uh, let me see, we have Mikael Bridges, we have Jaron Jackson Jr., Andrew Wiggins, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, you know, and that those are the, and Aaron Gordon, these are the better players of the list, and OG Ananobi as well. I don't know how you feel about these rumors coming out that IQ might be traded or Grimes might be traded. But how do you think the Knicks are in a position right now where they, where they have to execute on this trade? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. This is like, this is where I feel like I failed as like a Knicks content creator. Cause I feel like I have to have a strong opinion on this and I have to have like, you know, be very opinionated and be like, you know, I have the answers guys. I know exactly how I feel about this and I want this to go exactly like this, but I don't, I don't envy the job of, of Leon Rose. I don't envy the job of this front office. Cause this, this is, this is where the tough decisions start getting made because this is where you have to move away from some of the foundation that you built as as this front office. Like a, a lot of the cachet that the the front office got with Knicks fans is through Emmanuel quickly drafting him at the position that they did and seeing him flourish and you know not resigning him. We are where we are with him and what we get back for Emmanuel quickly will haunt Knicks fans for years. It will either haunt or you know like be a positive impact because we're always like Emmanuel quickly has left his mark with Knicks fans. He's a player that Knicks fans five, five, six years from now are going to be like, hey, you remember that guy Emmanuel quickly? Like he was a lot of fun to watch when he was on our team. So what did we get for him? What what ended up becoming of Emmanuel quickly? Did he stay on the team? Did he, you know, get traded for this? What, you know, what was the salary? So I'm not particularly that excited to hear that he's going to be part of a package where Evan Fournier is a salary dump and, you know, like all this, because I feel like you're not going to get something great back from that type of deal. But I just don't know where the Knicks stand because when you're watching them play against teams like the Celtics and the Bucks, like it's really clear as day that they need another solution. But it's also frustrating because 
I don't think Quickly is really part of the problem. Like, I don't think he's the reason that we're losing this game. So why is he the one that has to suffer? Why does he have to be the one that goes out to add another player? Like, you know, I, I, I don't really like the roster construction. And I don't like the idea of losing Quickly when he's such a, like, I don't ever have to worry about the point guard on the bench as long as we have Emmanuel Quickly. So, like, why I'm, I'm not really excited to, like, come up with scenarios of, of how we're going to get rid of him. But the players that you mentioned, like, they're solid. I just, I feel like this, this isn't the solution though. Like losing quickly and adding one of those guys. I don't really, I don't, I feel like quickly will have a bigger impact in the ways that he does than those guys will have with the current roster construction. I feel like we, we got to find other ways to upgrade. And I want to see Emmanuel quickly stay as a Nick man. I do not want this guy to be off this team. He, he's a fighter. And, you know, a lot of the times the shooting might not show it. You know, last night he went uh, four for 10 and three for eight from three, but plus 15, like he still scored. He still had like, he has other ways that he impacts the game. He's one of the best free throw shooters on our team. Like he's a leader, like, and we developed him. We got rid of his, one of his closest friends, Obi Toppin, but I don't want to lose him too. Like this is, this this is not a road I want to go down. Yeah. He's not one of the best. He is probably the best free throw shooter on this team. And he's a, a dynamic talent. He is able to shift the momentum of a game with any one shot that he takes. Cause he is that kind of player. There are very few players in the NBA who are able to do that. And there are very, there are even fewer players that we could say that we're on a Knicks in a Knicks roster that could do that. That could just come into <sighs> the game and just change everything and get the team back in. Um, and he's and- grown tremendously in this role. Like, if you remember Emmanuel quickly coming in, like we considered him like a, a, a just a shooter. Like he will just be able to shoot the three. We did not, and we've seen him come from that to adding a floater to his game. You know, adding some dribble moves, adding defense. Like every year, this kid gets better. How are we not going to bet on him? Like, yeah. I, I just some some people even thought he could have been a liability because of his high you know turnover rate and just having the green light too early and just shooting left and right without much thought and only having a floater game he has he's evolved and it's not it's not only us being confident in our backup point guard or point guard coming off the bench but we have a solid backup point guard if Jalen Brunson ever needs rest and we know that IQ needs to fill in his shoes we're not going to be that stressed it's it's not gonna it's not going to be that way IQ leaving I agree is not the move we need to figure out a creative way to pay him. It can't just be we'll pay him whatever he wants because because the Knicks have been able to get such team-friendly contracts amongst the other players. You can't give quickly a contract where he's getting paid more than Brunson or he's getting paid more than RJ or, or Randall. He needs to have a more team-friendly contract, but one that works in, in both favors. Um, and that's going to be tough because the Knicks have done a great job with the contracts they've been able to, to net with their starting lineup. Quinn Grimes, if he needs to be traded with Fournier and we get a wing player, I am for it. I, I love Grimes, but we're right now that's that's the final position that we need a star player for to fill in and take us that next step. That's that that's that's where I'm at right now. I don't think Grimes right now is ready. He might be ready in a couple of years. Uh, he's not going to be ready this year. If we're able to somehow net a player like Mikael Bridges, I know it's going to be tough, uh, or Jaron Jackson Jr. If we're able to somehow, you know, get Randall out there while we're at it, um, <laughs> this could be a, this could be a championship level team. Um, we're we're almost there. I just don't know if this year is going to be that year, but it is. I know we always hear rumors that the Knicks are looking out, but I 
I, I have more confidence on this team to make the right decision, make the right move. I remember as a kid, and it's funny you say that you don't envy this position. As a kid, everybody used to be like, oh, what do you want to be to grow up? And for me, I'd be like, I want to be president of the Knicks. I want to be, I want to be general manager. I'm, I'm trying to try to run this team because they don't know what they're doing. I to ask me today, I I would never want to be the president of this team, man. It is, it's too much. It's too much work. Too many people to talk to. Too many voices in your head. No one's ever I, happy. No one's ever happy. It's like kudos to Leon. Kudos for him keeping a level head and being out of the media. I, if I were him, I'd be doing the same exact thing. Fuck them journalists. I don't need to talk to them. Let me just do my job. I've been doing a decent job so far. And let me just give me space to think. Um, and, yeah. and when you have a boss like like Dolan, who has a history of being getting involved, and credit to him, he hasn't apparently he hasn't really been doing it. But that's not a job that I, I would want anymore. Never. Yeah, I mean, apparently Dolan's been stepping back too. You know, I think he's giving up some of his. I forgot what it is. I can't. I can't remember exactly what it is. But he, he's giving up one of his positions to to another guy. But um, I feel like you're right. Like the Knicks have to think creatively and think outside the box. And I think you know maybe sometimes like that that could include like I, I'm more than okay with adding Quentin Grimes in, in a package. I think what he can be is is definitely he has a high like he has a high ceiling he could be a really great player and i see all that but you have to give to to get so i'm okay with losing a player like queen grimes quickly i don't feel the same way but i feel like that's a position we could really improve on but i don't know i wouldn't really be opposed to the idea of adding another point guard to play alongside Jalen brunson because um what i've been noticing from the last few games is that sometimes he has a hard time in uh involving and uh initiating uh offense with uh, other players and you know he's fantastic i'm not this is not to take away from Jalen brunson this is not to say that i don't think he can play point guard i think he's still a great player and i'm okay with him at point guard but if you can add a player that is a prototypical like uh maybe a a, a bigger point guard who uh who's a little bit more pass first i think it could help out the offense a lot more because i'm still seeing a lot of the same issues that we saw pre brunson with this lineup where like Randall is eating up so much of the shot clock, doesn't know how to like organize the offense and kind of a little bit of the same with Jalen Brunson sometimes where a lot of the shots, I'm not saying they're lucky, but they're like really tough shots and he makes them and he's really consistent and good at making them. But I just think that other players could get a little bit more involved in, in, a, in a little bit of a different offense. And I think we've seen it a good example of it with the Cavs where we see Donovan Mitchell who can play as a point guard, but is much better as a shooting guard, which I think Jalen Brunson's role might be a little bit better as, and Darius Garland, who's made to play point guard. Now their positions are a little bit different because Darius Garland's a little bit undersized. Like he's not very undersized, but he's also a little bit small. I don't think we should add another small point guard with Jalen Brunson, but if we could get someone who's, a little bit more physical, a defender who could pass, and I don't know who this player is. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Up. I know exactly who this player is, and we could have drafted him in 2020. Oh no! <laughs> Damn! Shit! Shit! That's exactly what we like. That's the exact player that we're looking for. Shit, <laughs> I, not, for I swear to God, I did not mean to do that. Oh, well, just pissed me off. I described. Oh. That one sucked. <laughs> that sucked because it's not like I was doing some elaborate shit to be like, guys, we should have drafted him. We should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton. I, I walked into that like a fucking brick wall. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that woke me up. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. And, you know, I have no comment. Uh, I, damn, I, man, we would have been so good. Uh, I know, I know. I know we never, like, 
got us to this point where we talk about, yo, we should have we should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton, but yo, Heike, we should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Shout out to Obi, fucking loved him here. Hope to have him back at some point. But no, nah, man, Halliburton would have been the guy. It doesn't mean we wouldn't have gotten Brunson. We could have still gotten Brunson and let them play exactly how you just described, and we would have been lethal right now. Yeah, yeah. No, and and you know, you know, as much as I say I. I don't want to trade quickly and all this. Like, if we could add a player like that, I'm. I gotta. I gotta say, I'm. I gotta trade and, quickly. Like, and maybe, maybe quickly could be that player because he he is developing handsomely as a as a point guard. He is getting better with his passes. I I agree. I agree. He's just small. Yeah, like at the end of the day, it's so fucked up to say, it, but it's like the size does matter on an NBA court, especially when it comes to playoffs and when there comes to like mismatch hunting and like hunting down players and like getting you know advantages like finding little advantages like that and that's why i don't want to get rid of brunson i'm not saying we should dub brunson like brunson is the best player for that for creating advantages for you know like being at that level but i just i think we can we can't waste this guy's talent by forcing him to play something that he's not excelling at and I think he'll be fine. Like he can still play make if we if we're able to find that point guard player like that. But I think it's, especially if you always have Julius Randle on this team, this this guy has to be spooned and baby fed. Like Julius Randle needs to be told exactly what to do and how to do it because he like it's so frustrating with this guy. And I'm not one of those people who want to go out and like rant about Julius Randle, but the guy has so much talent and so much capability. But I just he, like. He doesn't know when and when not to use these talents. And I just, I want a, a player who can help him channel that, that talent. He, and he, I, I, I can't get, it. I mean, at this point, he's like 10 years in, like his habits are his habits. I mean, how much yeah. more yeah. evolving are we going to expect from Randall now? He's, he's 29 years old. He he plays so much ISO. There's so many plays that you, that any Knicks fan could just pick out being like, yo, why did Randall do this? Why couldn't he just do this? Like, off a fast break, RJ Barry is literally in front of him, and Randall just like just doesn't see him with his own fucking eyes and decides to j- try to get it himself, and he doesn't get it. Like, bro, it's insane on, bro. that someone can have a game where they have forty-one points, five assists, six rebounds, three of those offensive rebounds, eleven so, for twelve from free throw. Two he's so good. Yeah, I mean, but we yeah. still have something to complain about. Like that's so crazy to me. Like, it is what it is. I mean, like, um. This is exactly why none of us envy the job of Leon Rose and 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 whatnot. But um, you know what's frustrating is you know we're talking about rumors. Like it seems like the Knicks the Knicks don't even think that a player is going to be available this 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 trade deadline. Like there's reports coming out that um, the Knicks don't think that a player that that is in the caliber and the range that they want will be available over this trade deadline. And it's not that we expected that to happen, but I will say it does feel like another year wasted where like last year, another year wasted of, you know, Jalen Brunson's prime. Cause last year, say what you want about it. It was great. But like, it wasn't fluky, but like the Knicks took advantage of every, everything that they had available to them. And, you know, to say, like there's a lot of shit I want to talk about. All the shit that Kenny Smith, Charles, uh, Charles Barkley, Shaq, they were all saying on TNT, talking about you know the Knicks will never have the 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 best player on the floor. They always have the second best player. Paolo Banchero is better than Jalen Brunson. All this type of stuff. But one point that I have to agree with them about is just that like, like this 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 can't continue. Like the Knicks can't continue down this path without 
a superstar player soon. Like they they have to add something soon or else they're just gonna like they they what they specifically said that got to me was the Knicks can never afford to make a mistake if they want to win. And that's how we play all the time. We cannot afford to make a mistake if if we want to win. And I don't know how long I can rely on that to to make it in the playoffs, to make it to through all this. And say what you want about all these guys, Stephen A, all this, but they seen enough basketball where I can agree with that that one point. I think the thing is that that point. could you could apply that to like ten other teams, and they're not you're not having that same level of discourse for those other teams. They're only saying that about the Knicks. Because they know they're gonna have people like us, dummies like yeah, us, national media spending attention. time talking about it. Of course, and like that's just, and it's it's so easy, I think, to fall into that trap of talking about like, oh, we have to do something because we're thinking about it on a year to year basis. Like, right. oh, it has to be done this year. It doesn't have to be done this year. No, no. As no. long as as long as and as long as the development is happening, it's, it's tough to say it after frustrating losses like the one against Boston, but it can't. We can't take these losses and say like, yo, we have to flip a switch right now, get rid of this guy and this guy and this no, guy and get no. this guy in and just hope that's going to work. OG Adenobi is not going to get us a title. Um, Mikhail Bridges might not even get us a title. He, he'll he'll definitely move the needle, but he's not going to get us a title. In my opinion, I, I think players like Kawhi Leonard and like, you know, super superstars could actually be that player that can get us to that point. I would love to have Mikhail Bridges if we're talking about a trade like he's one of the few players I would actually trade Emmanuel quickly for. Um, but it's, we have to think about it in a couple of years. We have to, we, we can't look at one season as the season as a failed season. As long as our players actually develop where we have good contracts and we have players that are just getting better and the chemistry is growing, then we'll, we'll get to that point. It is, it is, it's cliche to say, but it really is not a sprint. It is a marathon. You, you think of every team that's won an NBA championship. You have to. You can't just think about that one season. You have to think about the ten years prior to it that actually got them to that point. The the Nuggets that won their their title. Jokic was drafted in twenty fourteen. It took them a damn near ten years to finally get to that point where they win a title. There are very few teams where you could just trade a superstar like LeBron for and and win the title that way. I feel like those days are very like they're not going to be as common anymore because lebron is a is a is one of the greatest of all time it just it's not gonna happen that way the team the the nba is so balanced right now that you you have to be meticulous and we're probably we're probably going to see more players win titles this season than we did the last decade before it was just lebron every year whatever team he's on that's the team that's winning or, or curry but we're probably going to see more champions this next decade and that's and that's just my prediction in my opinion um we just have to be meticulous and we just have to, we have to grow. We're not going to, there's no one move. will get you the ring. <laughs> they don't no, work like that anymore. No it's, it's a lot more of a chess chess match where like these, these, these uh, uh, GMs and presidents, they, they have to have the proper roster construction. They have to maneuver the players, right? They have to make the move at the right time. And, and I, I agree. I agree. There's no, there's no easy answer to this. There's no, there's no trade that like Zach Levine trade in the, in the, you know, uh, before the deadline, that's going to uh, solve any of these issues that this is, this is a long game. And I, I, I'm I, the one thing I could say after talking about all this, even a lot of doom and gloom in this, in this episode, I can say that, this is the best position that the Knicks have been in terms of like priming themselves to be ready for that. So yeah. be ready to make that move. Yeah. You have the young talent on the roster. You have decent contracts. You have good contracts that are 
uh, team friendly. You have young players. You have all your draft assets and other teams' draft assets, and you have a competent. I, I'm not going to say an, they excel, but they're at least a competent front office that has a, a decent amount of respect and cachet around the rest of the league. So um, it's the ball is in the Knicks' court, and that the, what they do with that ball and when they use that ball is up to them. But I hope it's I hope you know for the sake of the mental health of all of us Knicks fans, I hope they just make the right move. Yeah, there's no like actual full on anchors on this team. And uh, I mean, could you maybe smaller anchors? No, like big, like you yeah, can't like point yes. to a contract being like, "Oh, like this guy's injured for three years, and we we paid him two hundred million dollars." Type type deal that's holding us back from getting more players. Like we have the capabilities to do what needs to be done, um, and we have options as long as the Knicks have the balls to make those options. But honestly, we didn't draft Halliburton. We should we should have fucking traded for him. The Pacers traded for him. They they got a pretty relatively good trade. Oh, uh, they got they gave us a bonus and I don't remember what what else it was. We, we could have, have easily trade like Sabonis and Randall is not that different. Sabonis exactly. is not a player. I'm not like I will say he's a lot cooler like cooler minded. Like yeah he can't score the way Randall can but he's a lot his, his floor is a lot higher what he brings to the table, but we could have done that and like all those dumbass picks that we didn't want to use anyway. So yeah. I, I'm with you. Like we could have had Tyrese Halliburton. As long Multiple as they have opportunities the balls, to have him. They'll they they can do it. They can do it. Um I mean I will say like I like the aggression. Like it wasn't the right player, but they tried it with Jane and Ivy. Like they're they're looking for that type of prototypical player. And you know maybe we should count our lucky stars that that move didn't work out. And sometimes that's all it is. Like these front offices need just just like all the things we described and just a little bit of luck and maybe mm-hmm. the luck is moving in our direction and we're just not recognizing it yet. Yep. All right. I think that wraps up this episode of Nickish. We appreciate you guys checking it out. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish NYC and subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms. Give your boys that five-star review. It helps the, the brand out in the long term. And remember Nickish is a brand an apparel brand Cop some Nickish gear. Wear it to the next Knicks game. Wearing Nickish means you're repping the New York Knicks. We give you options to wear in different colorways. And if you wear it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a subtle way. You know, it's a subtle alternative to wearing Knicks gear. I'm not wearing Knicks gear right now, but, I, I you know, we all love to wear Nickish, right? Um, and that's that's it. Make sure you uh, give your boys a shout out on all podcasting platforms. Until next time, take care. Peace. Hey guys, peace.